Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the Unblocked Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Smarrow. As always, thanks for tuning in. Today, we're talking about selfishness. How fun is that? I always bring you all the exciting stuff. Um, Because this came up, it was probably about a week or so ago, I had nearly the same conversation with two different clients within, it was within a 24-hour time period. And both conversations had a series of questions and topics that ended in this question, but am I being selfish? One was wondering if communicating her wants and needs is selfish, and the other was curious if not saying yes to every single request made of her by her family was selfish. And after the second conversation, I was like, okay, if there are two people in 24 hours, then there are probably other people in the world and in my podcast listening community that needs to hear about this conversation. So, is it selfish to ask for what we want? Like, is it selfish to set boundaries? Is it selfish to say no to people that we love when they make requests of us? Right? Is it selfish to put my own wants and needs before someone else's? Now, that last one might have caught you a little bit, but we're going to go into this. So let's start with the basics. Let's start with, let's define selfishness. And I like to go to our trusty, wise friend, the Internet Dictionary for such things. So one entry, uh, one entry that I found defines selfish as lacking consideration for others, being concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasure. And another entry defined selfish as concerned excessively or exclusively with oneself, seeking or concentrating on one's own advantage, pleasure, or well-being without regard for others. And another described it as arising from concern with one's own welfare or advantage in disregard of others. So these are some useful definitions for a reference point. Does saying no mean we're excessively concerned with ourselves or that we're disregarding the needs of others? Maybe, maybe not. But putting our own needs before someone else's gets a bad rap. But can we please turn to the friendly skies for some wisdom? For anyone who has ever flown, you are familiar with the flight attendant's safety brief that includes instructions to put your own oxygen mask on before assisting others. Like, even your own child. Now you might be like hurt, like your heart hurts a little bit. Like say what? Is the airline industry conspiring to create a world of selfish humans? But like putting your, like probably not. I mean, I don't know what their uh, intentions are, but I'm going to guess probably not because putting your needs first isn't a bad thing, right? And it's, it's the thing that gives you life, right? And if we use the example of the airline industry, if you die from lack of oxygen in this case, you can't help anyone, yourself or your child or anybody else on the plane. So maybe putting ourselves first and focusing on our own needs isn't a bad thing. You might be like, you know, question mark, head tilt, eye squint. Like maybe focusing on our own needs above somebody else's isn't a bad thing or before somebody else's, right? So let's think of focusing on ourselves or giving time and attention to ourselves as being on a continuum. 
at one end is self-centered behavior, always putting yourself first to the detriment of other people in your life. And then at the other end is self-sacrificing behavior, always putting yourself last to the detriment of your own health and well-being. And so healthy self-focus or healthy attention to ourselves is the sweet spot in the middle, right? Where you're nurturing your own wellness in a way that benefits both you and those around you. And now you might be thinking like, well, how will I know? Like, how do I know where I am on this spectrum? And I think a couple questions can help here. So I'm going to give you a couple questions that you can ask yourself to do a little check-in, a little self-check-in. So the first question is, how do you feel when you say yes to something you don't actually want to do for someone? Like, because you think it would be selfish to say no right? So how do you feel when you say yes to doing something that you don't actually want to do for someone else? Do you feel resentful, frustrated, exhausted, depleted, or maybe you feel fantastic? I have no idea what your truth is. You get to go inside of yourself, do a little check-in and provide an honest answer for yourself. And now question two is a multiple choice question. When you feel that way, whatever your response was to question one, when you feel that way, is your interest, willingness, or ability to be there for others, and this is where multiple choice comes in, is it A, increased, B, decreased, or C, unchanged? So when you say yes, is your ability to be there for others increased, decreased, or unchanged? So reflecting on these questions can give you insight into the impact on your life when you're saying yes, but maybe your truth is no. So because we like to be scientific around here, when we have a thought or belief, our brains will offer us all kinds of evidence to support that idea. So it's important to explore the evidence that disproves our hypothesis. So if we think that putting ourselves first or communicating our own wants and needs and saying no means that we're selfish, what is the evidence that points to those things not being selfish? Right? Like, well, if we go back to the flight attendants across the world, they would tell us that putting ourselves first is actually safe and important and the right way to do things. So there's that. Um, but what about the value of like an inner self deep dive? It helps us know ourselves, right? It helps us tap into our creativity. It helps us come up with epic ideas. Like I think of all the great thought leaders, artists, inventors, the world changers, the movers and shakers. They had a practice of making time to spend reflective time with themselves for themselves, right? Like you often hear of these legends later, they, you know, will there'll be books or there'll be stories about the journals that they kept, the ideas that they come up with. This process of making time to ourselves to go inside of ourselves is what allows us to produce and put out information and ideas and services, products and solutions that actually help the world, that serves others. Also, I heard someone say something on a podcast that actually made me pause when I was listening to it. And sadly, I don't remember which podcast it was or who said it. So if you're listening, oh, brilliant one, please let me know so I can give you credit for this nugget. Um, But the speaker said, sometimes we have to inconvenience others to save our soul. Like, excuse me, like, let me repeat that for those of you who are multitasking and for the ones way in the back. Sometimes we have to inconvenience others to save our soul. Like, sometimes we have to think of our own needs first. 
And this may mean like dinner is not on the table for the family on the nights you do yoga class, right? Or, or the full spread breakfast isn't made on Saturday morning because that's your meditation time. Or you don't pay for all of your parents' trips to come see you because doing so means you have to work overtime every single week. And that means you miss Little League and Girls or Guys Night and your cardio session, just to name a few examples. But when we are being quote unquote selfish with our own well-being, we're actually doing a great service to ourselves, to our people, to our family, to our community, and the world at large. I mean, Gandhi did say, if you want to change the world, start with yourself. So changing ourselves requires self-focus, right? So then, like, if we play that out, changing the world requires self-focus. We run the risk of doing a great disservice to ourselves, to others, if we skew our focus outward only, And I heard an incredible quote recently about boundaries that got me thinking about selfishness and boundaries. And the quote is from Prentice Hemphill that says, boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously. And again, for those who are driving or multitasking, the the boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously. And I had an image come to mind when I when I read that quote or heard that quote, um, and I'm going to try to describe that visual. Uh, and this is where like a video podcast would probably be handy. Although my driving or drawing is probably not any better than my ability to verbally depict this for you. So play along with me and use your imagination here. So I want you to picture two humans, two separate humans who have an entire circle enveloping their, or like this, a circle that's enveloping their entire body. Like those, like those big inflatable balls that you can get inside. So imagine that those balls have sort of like, like, penetrable perimeters, right? It's like if, so, so that they could overlap, right? So this is using some imagination as I mentioned. Okay. So we've got two humans in two separate balls and those balls have penetrable perimeters. So you could take your circle and go into another circle to the point that your circles overlap, like a Venn diagram, if you've seen one of those, but you both still have your entire ball. Like you still have your entire ball. They have their entire ball, but a portion of it overlaps. And now imagine that you back out. You take your entire ball out of the other person's sphere, right? You're completely separate now. You have your, you're in your entire ball, they're in their entire ball. And so then I was thinking like, so does backing, backing out with your circle, does it actually take away from the other person's circle? Like, does it do any damage to it? Does it minimize or decrease or take away from what they had before you entered their circle? And the answer is no, they still have their entire circle, right? So let me, so thanks for sticking with me through that. Let me now connect the dots with what this has to do with selfishness. Like if we were doing something for someone else, like running to their side every time they needed help, responding immediately to their every request, come over to move furniture, bring them food, whatever, also known as like our circles were overlapping with theirs. And then we stop doing that. We stop making all their meals. We stop responding immediately to their texts. We stop running to them every time they ask, like also known as pulling our circle out of theirs. Like we are not doing anything at their expense. Conserving our time, energy, and attention isn't 
at their expense, right? They, we didn't do them any harm. We didn't take away from what they were or what they had before we had offered them our help, right? So this, that's where that circle orb sphere um, imagery kind of helps. Like they had their entire circle before we entered their circle. We backed our circle out. They still have their circle. It's the same thing. Like humans are whole complete in and of themselves. When we insert ourselves into their world and we're doing things for them, Sure, it makes things easier, but when we're backing out, it's it's not taking away from anything that they had already in place before that. Now, again, they may not like it because we were making it very easy for them, right? If you're the easy button in their life, they're probably not going to love it when you decide to stop playing that role. But pulling back doesn't damage their circle. They're still whole. You're still whole. So let's bring my good friend Brene Brown into the conversation. Again, this may be a one-sided friendship about which she is completely unaware, but a friendship it is nonetheless. But Brene says, clear is kind. The kind thing to do is communicate what is okay and not, right? Kind is clear or clear is kind. Boundaries create clarity, right? This means that boundaries are kind, Right? There is no question, no guessing, no hidden or invisible expectations. Clear is kind. Right? So we can communicate things like it's okay for you to make a request, right? Like ask me whatever you want. And it's okay for me to say no. It's okay for you to ask me to bring you lunch. And it's okay for me to say no. It's okay for you to ask me to do something for you today or right now even. And repeat it with me y'all and it's okay for me to say no so I want to go back to one of the conversations I was having with the client I mentioned earlier and we were were having this conversation around the idea that communicating our requests or asking for something means that we're being selfish that we're asking too much but is it selfish to ask someone to do something for me regardless of how big or how small it is, right? Like that, that was the question at hand. Like, is it, is it really? Because as we unpacked that question, some interesting concepts emerged, such as the belief that if someone asks me to do something, right? Like this is what the client said, like if somebody asks me to do something, the only answer is yes, right? So we start to create this story that asking somebody to do something is synonymous with telling them. Because again, if somebody asks me to do something for them, I don't hear a request. I hear a command. I don't believe that I have the option of saying no. So then it makes sense that I would have an aversion to making a request of others. Like if I think it's demanding and selfish because I don't see, or in the case of the client, right? I'm kind of mixing all the pronouns. So this might be confusing, but I'm speaking like I'm the client, right? If I think it's demanding and selfish because I don't see that they have the ability to say no, like that's where like that's where we start to have problems right i think that i have to decide for them ahead of time i can't make a request because if i make a request of them they're going to think they have to do it like okay like these underlying beliefs don't make any space for the other person to say yes or no and this is where the concept of boundaries and emotional adulthood are very helpful. When we have a solid boundary, we know like where we end and somebody else begins. We can make a request and that's where 
our role ends, right? I say words to somebody else, I make a request, and that's where I end. Boundary, boundary one, right? The other person gets to respond with whatever the heck they want, and then that's where they end. How I respond to their response, that's back in my court, right? What I make it mean is all on me. It says nothing about them, Right? And you can, you can insert yourself in either of those roles. Whether you're the person making the request or you're the recipient of the request, there's the opportunity to exercise boundaries. I am in control of what I do, not how the other person responds, and I can take care of myself by upholding any boundaries on my end that are needed in order to take care of myself and keep myself safe. Okay, And then this is also where emotional adulthood ties in. When we are in emotional adulthood, we remember that we are responsible for our, like I need you to like bold, all caps. When we are in emotional adulthood, we are responsible for our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And the other person is responsible for theirs. So if we go back to our example, like so I can be responsible to use my words to make a request, right? That's why I can be responsible. I'm responsible for my thoughts, feelings, and actions. I have a thought that I would like for them to do something. I use my words to communicate that. And then that's all I'm responsible for. The other person can be responsible to say yes or no in accordance with their truth and what is best for them. And then also that means they're responsible for how they feel in response to that. And so again, the same thing, if somebody makes a request of me, that is their action or behavior. I get to decide what I think about their request, how I feel about their request, and how I respond to their request, right? And if they're upset about my response, whether it's a yes or no, if they are upset, that is based on their thoughts about the situation. That is where their feelings are coming from. Like you're just a neutral event happening in their life. Your yes or no is neutral. They get to decide what they're going to make that mean. So when we don't stay in emotional adulthood about requests, we can run into feelings of resentment. Okay, so I want to talk about resentment as a byproduct of being selfish or self-focused, right? Because when, because it's, we're actually not mad, hurt, or resentful that somebody asked something from us, right? Even if they've asked it repeatedly and with increasing frequency, volume, they're calling you every day, every five minutes, whatever, we, we feel resentful because we're frustrated that we never asked for anything like help or we didn't ask ourselves to stand up for ourselves by setting boundaries and saying no. So I want to kind of repeat that because that might be a little bit muddied, but sometimes we start to feel resentment because we think that it's what somebody else is doing, right? They're asking too much of me. They're making so many demands, right? But really the resentment is a byproduct of not being self-focused or what we might call selfish, although we have our definition now that tells us that being self-focused isn't necessarily selfish, right? Selfish means we're doing something at the expense of others, but when people keep asking and asking of us and we don't tell ourselves that we can say no, then we end up being resentful, mad, frustrated, hurt, whatever comes up. And we think it's their behavior, but really we feel resentful because we're not willing to do what they're doing, right? They're asking other people to help them out, right? We're not willing to do that for ourselves. We can ask for help. Even that might mean asking for help from another person. That might mean asking help from ourselves by setting some boundaries and saying no once in a while. 
So take a moment and reflect on areas where you might be self-sacrificing out of fear of being selfish. And again, because we're scientific around here, we always want to look at the other side or the opposite. So you're going to check in and see, are there places where I'm being self-sacrificing? But are there places in your life or areas in your life where maybe you're being self-centered? Like, are you focusing on yourself in a way that's hurting other people? And I don't mean their feelings because we just covered that, right? People's feelings come with their thoughts. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know, thoughts create our feelings, not the actions of others. But are there ways that we are actually doing things that are self-centered that maybe are actually harmful to the well-being of another or doing things at their expense? And and ultimately, like you're the only one who knows that truth, right? You get to decide if your actions or inactions are being selfish. Like, are you trying to take advantage and thinking of no one but yourself? Are you taking care or are you taking care of your own needs so that you can be at your peak wellness, so that you can be at your peak performance, so that you can show up in the best way to yourself, your life, and everyone you care about around you? And only you know this, right? You cannot ask anyone, like, am I being selfish? No one can answer that for you because only you know your intent, right? So if you find yourself stuck in a self-sacrifice loop because you're afraid that the alternative means that you're selfish, let's set up a time to talk. And the inverse, if you think that you might be being self-centered to the point that it's interfering with how you're showing up like in the world the way you want and to your relationships you the way you want, then let's talk. You can head over to jessicasmorrow.com and we can get a schedule or a session scheduled. Also, uh, I mentioned this on the last episode. If you have not already gotten your copy of the free digital unblocked journal, I will put that link in the show notes so that you can go get access. That journal is a great way to increase awareness of our thoughts, feelings, or actions, and it can help you gain clarity about maybe where you are being self-centered or where you're being self-sacrificing or where you fall on that spectrum. And if you think that this topic today or this episode today or any other episode for that matter might be useful or helpful for a friend, neighbor, loved one, total stranger that you met uh, standing in line at the grocery store, please feel free to share this widely and be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, my friends, stay open, stay free. Stay free.